This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. And now, part two of The Mask of Inanna, Apocalypse. You're out awfully late tonight. It really isn't safe, you know. You should be at home, sitting by the fire. Having a drink and relaxing. Listening to your radio. That's good. You're running. Running for home. But it's too late. Too late to run for home now because you've been caught out. After dark. After Dark, Tales of Mystery and Fright. Weasley Wheat, what a treat. Get your boy or girl upbeat. Good evening, friends, for this unscheduled broadcast of After Dark. Reports of my passing are absolutely true. And yet, as you hear, this does not stop me from hosting my show from beyond the grave. Oh, the places I've been the tales I could tell, the look of terror on your face as I describe the torments that I have witnessed would be worth the price of those torments alone. But these secrets I shall keep on this, my final march across the mansion. This is the last show, my friends, at least the last one I shall ever be part of. No gothic castles, nor creeping shadows in this one. It is an adventure of the high seas, with action, romance, and panache. I call it the Golden Rescue of Sinbad. I must repeat my story quick. I have time enough to think it, but not to give it voice. I am Captain Mustafa Bahir citizen of the Caliph, and child of the sea. When I was old enough to unfurl a midsail, I made my way to the port of Baghdad and sought my fortune. A deckhand once I was, now a captain I am. I know the winds of the Far East well enough to see them circle across the face of the world. My cargo? Spices, silk, ivory tusks. I've carried it all in my ship's belly. I've been blessed with a long life upon the waves. I was between contracts, taking my leave in a sailor's den when I was approached by the most beautiful woman ever to walk the earth. Excuse me, sir. You are Captain Bahir? I am indeed. But you may call me Mustafa. Mustafa. She had eyes as dazzling as polished opals, hair as slick as a wild stallion's mane, and lips as sweet as the first date plucked from the orchard. She wore a robe of indigo and diamonds on her fingers that a man would go mad to possess. Captain, my cousin and I would ask you if you are interested in a job. Ah, and she had brought her cousin, a tall brute, with her. There is much a man might say alone to a woman, but not while her well-muscled cousin stands beside her. Sir, I am not for charter. I sail only with the finest of merchant ships. This is why we have come to you. I am Farhang Akfar. And I am Jamala, wife of Sinbad the Sailor. Oh? You may have sailed with many merchant ships, sir. But I dare say you've never sailed with 
finest. Why, no. Your husband is a legend, madam. But surely he captains his own ships. He has not been heard from these past nine months. Well, the sea is great. A man may be gone years and still arrive home safely. Surely he will return. We have reason to believe he will not, unless we can prepare a rescue. Ah. She gave to me a sack of gold, so light in her arms but heavy in mine. On this alone I could live ten years. I knew that if I took this job there would be more. I could buy my own ship. How could I say no? Does the fee suit you, sir? Most certainly. Madam, you are as generous as you are beautiful. May fortune smile upon you. Upon us, Captain. Why, of course. Where do we sail to? We retrace my husband's steps. First, to the land of Terracon. Then the Forgotten Island of Miharkin. And finally, the lands of Zanaporic. I know only of the first. You have maps? Yes. Although the ones we have for the latter two are... incomplete. But there is more than enough to chart a course. I would see them. Naturally. I shall be your first mate. You will forgive me. The air is affecting me, but I fear this is a dream. Are you truly the wife and cousin-in-law of Sinbad? You shall come to my house, where a feast is prepared. You shall see all manner of map and log to help you prepare for your journey. You may ask any passerby in the street outside, whose house is this? And they shall reply, this is the house of Sinbad the Sailor. I would be honored to ask such questions. And feast with you, madam. And sir. All was as she said. I, a poor farmer's son, sat at the table of Sinbad himself. Courtesans danced about us, and trained birds sang the praises of God. It was almost a festival. So many of Sinbad's friends sat around us and shared the finest delicacies of the land. I have commanded many men in my life, and been commended by many respectable nobles for my service. But that night, I was a small boy at his parents' table. I knew no one. I feared to speak to any of them, lest I insult one by accident. I was introduced as the captain, and that was the last they took notice of me. Except for Jamila, of course. And her cousin. Two weeks passed, and I was overseeing the ship's preparations. Water and provisions were brought aboard, as well as the goods that Jamila sought to trade. Sailor, these crates, what is in them? Gold, jewels, and fine carpets, Captain. Do not speak so loud that the other men might hear. I see. All seems to be in order. Take them to the hold. Yes, Captain. Ah, Captain. Madam. Allow me to present this fine man, Vahid Arman. He is my guest and will be accompanying us on this journey. Hey. Oh, the ship rocks well. You the captain? Yes, sir. Welcome aboard the madam's vessel. You seem fit, hardy. A good choice. You'll last years in there, sir. Now, Vahid, we can't stay long. I'll take you to our quarters. What? Oh, a good day to you, Captain. And to you, sir. Sailor. Yes, Captain? Do you know that old man who the lady escorts to her quarters? His face is familiar, sir. I do not think he is related to her, though. Nor I. Keep to your work. I'll ask her later. sailed for weeks through the Gulf of Bagad and the doldrums of Hastar. We 
We passed a small island that had grown around a rock's egg, fought off the three-eyed bandits of Papoon, and watched the dance of the sea-spoo fish, who cannot conceive in the ocean, and must leap into the air in pairs. They are beautiful, for all things are beautiful when they are desperate, and none less than Jamila. I had meant to ask her about Vahid, who mostly sat below deck and prayed as old men do, though the sea was no stranger to him. But Jamila was never apart from him, except at evening when she stood on deck, gazing out to the ocean's horizon. Madam, a fine dusk, is it not? The wind is steady and carries us forth. That is as fine as I need it to be. You have brought a good crew. They do not fear a woman on deck. They have seen me often. I am in charge of my husband's business while he is away. A prosperous business, it is. He is away so often, though. Every time he returns with riches, he says, This will be it. I shall stay with you and enjoy the life we have. <laughs> he is sick for adventure. Now it has caught up with him, I suppose. I am sorry. It is funny. When we were first married, I expected him to run away the first chance he had. He had lost wives before. I met him when my father and I lived among the bird demons who kept us to learn the ways of men. They allowed us to become rich. We had no need to leave. They learned how to shape themselves as us. Sinbad did not even know what they were when he came. Still, he defeated them and brought us back to Baghdad. He could have left us with them. He is a brave, selfless man, madam. I worry that he is a sultan in another land. And I am but one of his many wives. If only I could have the truth from him. I don't mind my station. I only want the truth. I am a truthful man, madam. And it pains me to see one such as you, who would seem to have everything, lack the face of her husband. His life is in his tongue. He cannot still it for me. Madam, I would comfort you. If you would give the word. I know. And I know there is no profit in seeming more virtuous than Sinbad. What is that? I do not know, Captain. Find out. Get below deck. Where is the first mate? I'm here. We're being hit from the sea beneath us. Change course. I've done so. We're still being hit. Keep tacking. We're almost to land. Captain, it's scissorfish. Their schools are breaking into the hold. We're taking water. Scissorfish. Their beaks are strong enough to pierce wood. But they rarely attack ships unless they smell dead flesh. We carry no meat. I inspected the goods myself. They have pierced the lady's cargo and I saw strips of meat fall out from within. What? The crates I saw with gold on top? Yes, sir. You said nothing of scissorfish before we left. Because I saw no meat in our hold. We carried only fish. Madam, what is the meaning of this? I hired you to bring us to Terracon safely because you had been there before. How could you have not told me of the fish? So it's true. To the lifeboat! Every man, quick! We abandon ship! The scissorfish were fierce and scuttled the ship in minutes. We escaped with only our maps and the clothes on our backs. Jamila cradled the old man Vahid for comfort as we rode to shore. I asked her nothing, lest my tongue unleash the anger I had within me.
We lost half our crew in the wreck. Without much recourse of action, I sent the remaining men to the town's port to look for work. The rest of us followed Jamila up the twisting mountainside, which led to the man she sought. The road was hot and had little water. I expected Vahid to collapse, but he proved hardy for an old man. How do you come to know the lady, Sir Armand? She lives in the house of Sinbad, and she is its mistress. I sought her out as soon as Look, I... the Iron Dome. It is the house of Farzan, the sage. Sinbad has visited him many times. Farzan! Please open. We beg of you. Pardon me. Oh, oh my, a visitor. Are you selling something, sir? I am the wife of Sinbad the Sailor. These are my cousin, my ship's captain, and my guide. Greetings, sir. Ah, I had wondered if there were truly that many of you, or if it was just me. Oh, Sinbad's wife, eh? <laughs> Which one? The current one, I hope. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> he has told me of you. <laughs> Come in! the desert long after the sun has set. I can hardly live in a dome of iron without keeping the heat down, can I? Such wonders in this place. That machine that leaks the brown liquid in the cup, it has the scent of tea. It is! <laughs> machines to cool, machines to heat, <laughs> machines to make horses fly, and birds to swim. <laughs> I make them all. I had hoped to commission certain gadgets from you, sir. I had brought a shipload of treasures for you. But alas, due to some misunderstandings, the ship was sunk and all was lost. Uh, I see. Well, you'd better go back and get it then. I won't keep you. Sir, we are asking about alternative payment. Oh, that's nice of you. But I don't need any subjects today. Sir... These are the rings that Sinbad gave me on the day of our marriage. Among them is the largest diamond from the kingdom of Serendip. I had intended to use it to buy our passage home. But if it will expedite your work, I would gladly offer it. Madam, how can I accept such a treasure? Its worth as a gem pales compared to its worth as a symbol of your vows. Because Sinbad is lost without it. Oh, it is true. I accept such a treasure is worth ten ships of gold. How can I put my skills to your service? I see ten pairs of sandals, which will let their wearers jump over twenty feet high. Can you do this? Oh, let's see. Carry the two. Oh, zero. <laughs> the number that separates the ignorant from the learned man. <laughs> yes! I should have them ready by next week. Bless you, sir. What's you, madam? <laughs> Stop by again when you have the time. Our luck changed quickly in the port city. Our crew found work as fishermen. They caught scissorfish in great metal nets that needed many men to haul. 
On their first journey out, our crew were surprised when they sliced open a scissorfish and found its belly full of jewels. On hearing this, I guided the fishermen to the wreck of our vessel. Almost every fish we caught was filled with our lady's treasure. They must have swallowed it along with the ill-omened meat. Soon we had enough for a new boat. We hired more crew simply by bringing them to our wreck and letting them cast their nets out. Each man pulled up a fish whose belly paid his wages a hundred times over. I had never had a happier crew. Barzan was as good as his word. I had a little trouble with the springs. <laughs> they are a bit stronger than you had requested, so that a man may jump 30 feet in them. <laughs> Is that all right? Most certainly, sir. Thank you. We set sail again for the mysterious island of Miharkan. It was fortunate that Farhang had saved our maps. We would never have found the place without them. The crew was thrilled with the spring-heeled sandals. It was a joy to see them launch themselves to the tops of the sails in one leap. We had so many adventures on the way. We helped a holy man retrieve his sutras from harpies and were given wind that sped us twice as fast as before. I fought off a lightning bolt that meant to sink our ship using only a sword. Jamila still watched the horizon at dusk, and I said nothing to her. I had checked every barrel we had brought aboard, top to bottom, twice over. Things were never the same between her and me. Land ho! I see it. A cold, gray place, it seems. Even the trees seem near death. To think this was a prosperous kingdom once. They stopped trading long before my lifetime. My husband came to convince them to trade again. He had heard stories of people still living in the city. Where is the port? We shall not land there. Anchor the ship and bring seven men with the sandals to shore. Farhang and I shall accompany you. I will show you the terror we face. At dawn, we crept ashore and followed Jamila toward the Grey City. Sealed with stone walls that towered so high, I understood why she needed these sandals. Quiet now. Move slow. I will not lose another life on this trip if I can help it. What do we look for? That. We jumped high when we saw the beast. We were fortunate that we had, for it was faster than any of us. It was 20 feet long, with the body of a cricket, but with the flesh of a hairy man instead of an insect carapace. A great bearded man's head snapped at us from its front. That is the beast, Sikola. Run for the boat. He will not swim in the water. Don't let him catch you. His breath and blood are poison. We did as she bade. Sikolak, the beast, leapt after us, biting with his foul jaws and slashing with his insect arms. Farhang shoved the boat off, and the rest of us jumped into it while it was on the water. Without Farzin's sandals, we would have been dead. Must we go into that city? We must slay Sikolak. A creature that great? How? We have no cannons. Our harpoons would merely scrape his skin. I was planning to poison him with the meat I brought on board. And you chose not to tell me this? I would not have the crew tempted to sneak a bit of meat, not knowing it was poisoned. I had the cooks working on it for days. It would have spoiled if it were disturbed. It did not poison the scissorfish. Fish eat such poisoned creatures regularly, and their gullets make the venom safe. Men, 
do not have that luxury. We can get no more poison unless we go home. Or someone else has an idea to kill the beast. I thought of our adventures so far. Then, I saw a possibility. I believe I know a way to slay Sikalak. Indeed. Let's hear it. And I told her that it was cool that she'd chosen her own name because I saw her license and it said Cindy on it, and she totally denied it was hers. I know! These girls only pick a handle because nobody's taking it up. What's happening? I don't know! Uh, is this supposed to happen? Don't know! Just grab onto the grass! Hey, Ashley! Is your harness clipped on? Yes! Go over the cliff! It's going up the road. Okay. Is it gone? Oh, crap. The road's packed with cars. They weren't there a second ago. Can I come up now? I wouldn't. There's a lot of them down there. Hang on. I'm opening the lock. I need some crowd control. Don't you realize my green bird gives you difficulty respirating? You're a proud man with a dark side, but we're a light. You have heard the loudest respectable rooks see our reflection. Open up your crystal ring. That's you gonna mute They're our first line of defense. I'm the second line. Go you! Uh, how do those floaty things work? They scare anything with a fight-or-flight response. Squirrels, earthworms. Where are they? Right in front of us. Where are those footsteps coming from? Right in front of us. Stay down there. There's someone walking on... A plume of smoke! Like, high off the ground! Really high! Scotty? Mr. Lewis? You sound like Scotty. Let me see you closer. You can see me? You have black smoke over your eyes! I can see better with my eyes closed. I see the prayer radiating through you. Your bones. Your cells. You're an antenna. What are you? I'm me. It's me, Mr. Lewis. What are you? The prayer is ending, and last I checked, I'm still the high priest. Look at yourself. What do you see? I'm lifted by dozens of ghostly men and women. But you're a mystery. But that's it. You're an echo. Amplified by that little crystal. It's amplifying the prayer, too. I could have told you that. I suppose if I smash that crystal, then we'll stop his broadcast. You can't do that! You'll kill me! I don't understand. You'll still be an echo. Muted. You're not a living creature. I know what those look like. They look like me! Please! Open your eyes! 
like you. See? I told you! No. You feel like a construct. What's going on? The cats killed me in California. Orson and Mr. Ogler. They were the wing things. Nephilim. They brought me back as a puppet. I don't know how Nephilim work. How do I know that's true? The crystal is the only thing keeping me sentient. Take that away and he'll be a drooling wreck. So stop broadcasting. I can't! Not as long as Mr. Allen's on this frequency. Ah, but you see my predicament. You won't give me my prayer back. No. We have a new one. It won't tick off Anana. It'll help my brother, your daughter, everyone. Truly. Yeah. We're just not entirely sure how it's going to work. But it's better than what you are going to do. Uh-huh. Would Miss McAllister be helping us if it was a bad thing? I can't figure her out anymore, and I can't trust that you aren't some construct that the mammons put together. I promise I'll get you a new crystal when this is over. You wouldn't know where to find one. Give me some credit. Your dad has plenty of contacts. He got the cinnamon bee. It's going to be okay. You won't lose. You just let me reach close and break it. spray in your palm. That's why you wanted me to open my eyes. Stay where you are. Is that supposed to affect me somehow? Yes? No more games. I can bind you to the earth and smash the crystal without touching you. Chris, I'm really sorry. Scotty, great. I can stop Len on my own. You hold on to Chris. No one's guarding the lighthouse door. Hey, wait. Come back. I'm more interesting than he is. I won't be long. I'll help you pull up Chris in a few minutes. Chris. Okay. Or can't be that strong. Who's that? can hang on to these, sweetie. I've been listening. Oh, who are you? When? She brought you back up. Come on, we need to hide in the woods. We can't stop, Mr. Lewis. Oh, okay. Run! Let them go. You must be Gwen. That's right. And you're going to leave Smokey alone. He's stealing my prayer, like the mammons did. He must have his reasons. Scotty has come back from the mammons, and you notice she's dead. Go look at her. How do you think they returned Len to us? He looked fine to me when he came home. 
I'm going in that lighthouse. After he's done. You're bluffing. I can form air pockets. You can't drown me. Good to know. What's moving behind you? The car. Not on me. Put it on the car that's on fire. Who do you think pushed it? Into the lighthouse. Into the lighthouse. You can walk on air, but can you walk through fire? You'll bake them inside. They're perfectly safe in the cellar, and you damn well know that. You've got all kinds of protections for the mask down there. Then I'm going in there. Damn, it's hot. And the oil tank in the basement will keep it going. I'm good with liquids. I've started it gushing already. You know what? I don't care anymore. This isn't the first time the lighthouse has been burned down. You'll build another. I can save this one. You can fan the flames, but you can't put them out. Water! Uh-uh-uh! I control the water around here, bucko. Even the water in my body? I'm being very good. You're weak. You're bluffing. But I can wait. One of us has to crack soon. I had men watch Sikalak's movements during the day as I sent others to hunt deer and boar in the dying forests of the island. The remainder of the crew broke open the barrels of scissorfish we had stocked for our provisions. We had kept the fish's beaks useful for the journey ahead. We strapped two fish to each of Farzan's spring-heeled sandals and lay them facing upright in a pit by the shore. We roasted the meat on an open spit and ran for cover. Sikalak will not fall for such a trap. He is a mere beast. Have faith, my friend. Sikalak approached the fire pit with caution. But the spices we had used made the flesh irresistible. Desire overcame him, and he leapt face first into the meat, devouring it with zeal and barbarity. Yet so entranced were his nostrils by the flesh, Sikalak did not notice the bed of scissorfish heads on which he had landed. With the beast's great pressure on them, the spring-heeled sandals felt the call to arms and leapt straight up, driving the fish's beaks into Sikalak's body. You've done it. The beast is slain. What an accursed monster. Quick, fill the jug with his blood while his humors still flow free. This is what we have come for. Take care not to let the blood touch your skin. I'll do it, cousin. I've worked in the slaughterhouses. When the jug was filled, we washed the spring-heeled sandals clean and celebrated until morning. Song flowed as easily as drink. Such a night we had. But Jamila did not join us. She stared towards the great stone city, and I could not be sure of her thoughts. In the morning, she gathered us. Captain, Farhang, and you, Sailor, fetch your sandals and a bone from the fire pit. We shall go into the city and face the cause of this madness. And with that, she chopped off the head of Sikalak and strapped it to her back with care. A more determined woman I had never seen. We leapt upon 
upon the city's walls and were amazed at the sight below. Gold, emerald, sapphires, and rubies lay scattered about as common stones. For such riches, one could buy all the armies of the Caliph and his ships and houses too. Touch none of it. You, Sela, toss the bone upon a pile of gold. Yes, my lady. Then we saw them. The gray people of the city rushed upon the bone as starving wolves. Their skin was the pallor of the common rock beneath their feet. No wonder we had not noticed them before. They had no eyes, ears, or dare I think it, tongues. They fought one another, crunching the bone to bits in their sharpened teeth. They can see, hear, or smell nothing but their riches. They've been trapped in the city so long that this is what they have become. But there is a safe way to cross. Follow me and land where I land. We leapt from rooftop to rooftop with tremendous care, scouting each for safe footing. The gray people were everywhere, snatching up the smallest bird or spider to land on their wealth. In the center of the city lay a great palace. Pearls and ivory decked its walls. That was our destination. was empty of wealth, and yet it was far worse inside than on the streets. The walls and ceilings crawled with beetles and centipedes, covered with poisonous barbs. A long, prickly insect skittered over my foot. I was frozen in place until it had gone, fearing it would sink its fangs in me. Take care. We approach the throne of Queen Mani, the foul ruler of this land. She was once a good woman a hundred years ago but feared the loss of her gold and jewels to trade, as her kingdom had little else to offer the world. By the advice of her vizier, Sikalak, she had the island closed off. How do you know this? Ah! Visitors! The first I've seen in months since that Sinbad fellow... Queen Mani was a terrifying sight. Corpulent beyond belief, the legs and shells of giant insects were embedded in her naked skin, as if her flesh had grown over them. Her eyes were smooth and bulbous, and feelers protruded from one side of her mouth. She had rotten strips for legs, as if she had eaten them long ago. Maggots dropped from them. Queen Mani, I am the wife of Sinbad the Sailor. I bring a gift. Oh, yes. Yeah. He is defeated, Your Majesty. You have no power over your people. You shall pay for what you have done to my husband. Insolent woman. Your husband brought his fate on himself. I spared him so his body would be found as a warning. Not be as kind to you. We stepped back in horror as two great fly wings emerged from her back. She flew into the air, black tongue licking her jagged teeth. We did not wait for the order, but fled outside as she swept after us. Such a pity. An excellent host for my children, you might have been. 
Our fear flared twice as strong. We could not step upon the scattered treasure, nor could we jump through the air, lest Queen Mani sink her hooks into us. That roof over the tailor's shop is safe. I'm sure of it. I pray that you are right. She had a keen memory as the shop had little treasure on top of it. But Queen Mani was not daunted. She soared forth at us, but she was frozen in the air as she left the shelter of her palace, as if she had not seen the sun in years. She alighted upon the palace walls to recover. Is it hers? I have not tasted human flesh in years. One moment, and I shall have my fill. I was terrified of the queen, but not as much as I was of the gray people who poured into the streets below her. Wealth was all they sensed, and wealth covered the royal palace. Pearls and ivory, and her arms upon the treasure. They sensed their queen, but did not recognize her. They clawed the walls beneath her, though they could not climb. Soon, one of the faceless men lifted an emerald the size of his fist and hurled it at the queen. It stuck into the queen's squirming, sticky skin. To the ship! We must make our escape! Now, follow my lead! Jamila's wit, and yet I feared where she would bring us next. For all her wishes for her husband's honesty, she showed no such courtesy to me. She had not spoken of Sikalak or Queen Mani until they had been close enough to dine upon us. Madam, I beg you to be truthful with me. Why do we journey to Zanaporak next? Perhaps Vaid should tell you. He shall be guiding us there. What? Oh, oh yes. Zanaporak. The land of the Tikara. The great demon tree that spreads for miles on the souls of men. It is tended by the rock apes who believe themselves monks of the tree. I spent many a year in it as it feasted on me. Thirty years. Ah, uh, quite right. 
It felt longer than that, but I was used to the agony after a while. Sinbad is a brave and noble man. He broke me free from the inside of the tree. He told me of Sikalak and Queen Mani before he was dragged under the bark. And Vahi found his way to Baghdad and told me of Sinbad's fate. Sinbad remains in the Tikara tree, and the rock apes will not let us near it unless we present seven secret offerings. We have been collecting them on the way. I see. And why have you not told me this until now? Would you have come on such a journey if I had told you of the horrors that awaited us? And half my crew had to die for this subterfuge. Call it what you will. I do what any wife would do to save her husband. Not any wife. Only the wife of Sinbad the Sailor. One as cunning as he. We are almost at the end to our journey. The rock apes are peaceful. The demon tree cannot ensnare us if we do not touch it. These are truths. You shall have your own ship and crew after this voyage. And Sinbad shall be in your debt. Will you turn the ship for this? I shall stay. But one more lie and I shall turn. Yes, my captain. To your stations, men. We sail onward. I know that you're being good, and I'm trying to be good, too, Well, Must try with the wind. You missed me this time. Just keeping you where I want you. You seem a little lower to the ground than when I first saw you. Let's cut the charade. We can go at it no holds barred, or we can agree to an impartial judge. Who were you thinking of? One of your pennies. Leave it to chance. I'll toss. You call it right and I'll back down. But if you call it wrong, you let me stop Len's broadcast. I'm not going to hurt him. I'll only destroy his transmitter. If I touch him, the truce is broken and you can lay into me. I can't read you. I don't want to harm him. But he's stealing my prayer. If it's spent and my daughter gets nothing, I have only myself to blame. But I'm not risking my life over this. It does my girl no good. I can still help her if I'm alive. Let the coin decide. Agreed? Agreed. I'll toss it high so we can both watch it spin. Ready? Do it. Call Tails. You took your eyes off me. You weren't looking at the ground. You weren't watching the mass of Earth tendrils I pulled below you. If you'd had an opening, you would have taken it too. I knew you were weakening. You wouldn't have agreed to a coin toss if you weren't. And it's heads. I win anyway. All right, if I can't put out the fire, I'll have to help it along. Ah, one more blast of air should do it. I saw the demon tree before I even saw the coast itself. Tikara's gnarled branches caught the very clouds from the sky and sucked their foam inwards. I wondered how deep its roots went, if they had grown into the sea itself, deep below our ship. 
bark was black as pitch, and it had no leaves, nor any use for them, since it did not feed off the sun. I do not want to go back, Lady Jamela. Do not make me return. I beg of you. But only you know the proper greeting for the rock apes. I do indeed. Let me teach it to you, sir. No, we haven't the time. We'll reach the port soon. Please, sir. I said no. Our business will be quick. Sir, the wind's nearly stopped. Lay anchor. Take the boats in. Prepare them. Load the body of Queen Mani on one. I shall ride with it. I want to remain on the ship. You go. We need you with us, Captain. I don't see why. The rock apes will expect to meet the ship's captain. Tell them it's Farhang. He's a fine sailor. It might as well be him. He's kin to you. Like Vahid, whom you treat as your own father. I'm just some hired man you picked up. You tell me nothing until it is too late. Your plan defeated Sikalak. What of it? You would have found a way without me. If you would have me treat you as a hired man, and not a trusted captain and confidant, so be it. A thousand dinars if you come with us. I'll not leave my ship. Not for money, nor favors, nor the hand of every one of your daughters in marriage. That tree is evil. It is a cursed thing, and I'll not step near it. I see. Are you a man, Captain? You have faced wonders in these past weeks, which minstrels shall sing of for thousands of years. When they come to the part where the ship approached the Tikara tree, would you have them say that Sinbad's wife left the ship? But the captain stayed behind. The brave, stalwart, courageous captain could not bear to face an immobile tree that he hid away, fearful, while a woman marched on ahead. A foolish woman. Would you have them say this? I shall go with you, but this shall be the end. Yes! We fetch Sinbad and return home. We landed the boats and followed the dusty path across the wasteland around the tree, dragging Queen Mani's bejeweled corpse behind us. The demon tree rose over us higher every time we turned our heads to see it. In morning, we had the sun upon us, but in the afternoon, we walked in shade as the tree swallowed the sun. The temple of the rock apes was carved crude from the porous stone, as best as these animals could manage. Inside, we found the isle's inhabitants. They wore scarlet silk robes, and yet each one's countenance was as of an ape. They walked on all fours, and yet held brushes and other useful objects in their gnarled hands. Finally, one approached us. Oh, greetings to you, beasts of the city. And to you, children of the tree. May his divine roots embrace us all. Your salutation is most welcome. You have been here before. Less than a year ago. Good monk. I have employed these men to bring me here. My cousin, my captain, and my guide. I bear gifts for you. You bear the seven? Yes. Two are given already. I brought wealth on the start of my trip, but it was given to the sea. By the sea's grace, we were allowed to continue. I gave my wedding ring, my vow to my husband, away as payment. 
to you, I give these sandals, which will allow you to jump to great heights in tending your holy tree. I also give this jewel-covered body to your temple as an offering. Next, I give away all claim to the adventures I have experienced on this voyage. I have given my name to none but my crew, and I shall not speak of this trip in public again. Ah, these are five worthy gifts, good lady. What do you seek? One who feeds the holy tree. Well, the holy tree is many miles around. Do you know where this one lies? In the earth there. Is that one of the tree's roots? It is. This is a jug of the poison that nearly killed my husband. It is said that your holy tree cures all the ills of the supplicants inside it to prolong their lives. Yes. When my husband was poisoned, he came to you to be cured. That is what he told me. I give the contents of this jug for which we fought hard to the tree. See how the root beneath us glows bright red with the poison on it? I trust that if we follow this glow, it will lead us to one who shares its same affliction. Your knowledge of our ways is great. The Holy Tree thanks you for the poison. I shall accompany you. But that is six offerings. What is your final gift? When we get there. Very well. We marched for hours around that accursed trunk, not feeling the wind nor any other respite. We drank no water. We ate no food. We suffered as the bleached rocks around us, for the tree had sucked the life from even these. Our ape guide carried a staff, but seemed unaffected by the ordeal. I did not want to think of the horrid magic that his people had kept alive. Here! He is here! The ape reached into the bark and tore it open. In the wooden core lay the blissful shape of Sinbad himself. Somehow, in the midst of agony, he had found peace. What? What's this? Light. Air. My body. I am not in pain. I am cured of Sikalak's poison. Oh, blessed tree, thank you. Sinbad, darling. Oh, my precious wife. You came for me. I knew you would. Did Vahid tell you everything? I did, my lord. Ah, my good and faithful servant. I am glad I could save you. That thought kept me alive for so long. At least my old first mate is not suffering, I thought. And Farhan, good to see you again. Likewise, Sinbad. And this. Oh, dear. This must be the one. Hello, sir. Sinbad. No. Don't tell me your name. I don't want to know it. And they all stared at me, as I was the most important one all of a sudden. I remembered. The seventh gift was to be given here. No! You can't all mean this! No! The empty hole in the tree behind me pulsed. No! I won't allow it! You cannot put me in there! I'll fight you all! Len? 
David? It's good to see you. That's the transmitter in your hand. David! How'd you do that? And I'll take your backup, too. There we are. Your transmitter and your MP3 player is destroyed. No harm done. Good God, man, what's happened to you? Are you David? What's your middle name? Aloysius. It's me. You're probably confused by all the smoke. And you're floating. You started this without me. I don't think Inanna likes that. So here I am, gifts and all. No. This isn't right. It's moot. I broke both of your MP3 players. Your prayer's over. Where did you get your story from, Len? Des Moines. It was on sale. You got it from Bob Stroud. Guilty as charged. What did they offer you? Everything they offered Stroud? The radio show? The fast cars? The loose women? I paid more than I got. You're dying. It is a far, far better thing that I do now than I have ever done. Does your prayer ask to save my children? Not directly. Does it block a single bullet or a bit of shrapnel? No. Do you think I'd be here if it didn't help? Settle down. We knew you'd overreact. Thank you for knowing just what I'm going to do before I do it. Am I so predictable that you didn't even bother to ask me? I asked you. Yes, and you lied to me. But we can still salvage this, can't we? You said we could leave it in Anana's hands. Something's better than nothing. David, it's like you're waving a gun at us in here. Let the power go. It's okay. The empty hole in the tree behind me pulsed. No, I won't allow it. You cannot put me in there. I'll fight you all. Are you all right? No. All of them approach me. My once comrades, arms outstretched. I know their intentions. They'll not catch me, and yet I am surrounded. I dash from side to side, but I cannot get away. My strength leaves me. I've traveled so far that neither food nor that water means could the my spirit. is close enough to hear Don't touch her, David. Can I shut Len up? Is that okay with you? I heard what Gwen said about you being lower to the ground. Didn't you say you were being held up by dozens of people? What does that matter? How many are holding you now? Try counting them. Each of my once comrades reached out for Sinbad and held him so he could stand high as if he was to pronounce judgment over David, I had a vision on the way here. I didn't understand it then, but I do now. I was in the shade against a stone wall, beaten by the desert sun. I felt something overhead explode, and the shrapnel tore me. My body cried out and went numb several times over. Do you want to put the prayer in Inanna's hands instead of mine? This is her answer. I believe that those holding you up are your own soldiers in Iraq, hit by explosives between life and death. Is your daughter among them? I think I heard her voice when I received the gifts. Is she there now? I don't know. But there are fewer of them. They're lost. Where do you think your power's coming from? You're using them up! You wanted to stop me so badly that you didn't check the ammo that Anana had handed you. They said everything would be all right. I didn't know. Let it go. Is she gone? How should I know? 
But I'll tell you what I hear. If there's a bit of your heart that still wants speed bumps, Inanna's gonna give them to you. But here's the catch, and it's a doozy. She's incapacitating your children first and sending their souls for you to chew up. Oh, then they'll get their speed bumps to guard their dying bodies, and the bumps won't let anyone near them. Not doctors, not coroners, and not even you. She'll make sure you don't even get their bodies to bury. This is her vengeance on you. You treat her like a damn prize machine who spits out funny balls every time you put a quarter in, and this is what happens. No wonder the cats wanted to see what she'd do to you. She's got quite an imagination. Will you shut up? I caught the bolt. Uh, it took a few years off me. Oh. Well, thanks. Stop it! Just keep your mouth shut. Easy, easy. Settle down. I'm sure she hasn't taken them all yet. The prayer's still going. I'm going to step towards you, okay? Careful, Len. I can do this. Okay, David. You're a good guy. You've always been there for me. Open your eyes. I don't want to. Come on. Come down here. What if she's gone? What if she isn't? Let go. Come here. I've got you, David. That's it. Touch the floor. It's easy. I know. Come here. I've got you. I'm sorry. I know you are. We all are. It hasn't come to the end yet. Give me a hug. It's gone. No, no, we don't know that. You're making things up because you don't know. I stood on her, on top of all of them. I wanted to save them. We all did. You could have asked. You wouldn't have understood. And I'm not long for this world. There wasn't time. This is my last night here. Because of my drug. Oh, no. I'll take a month on my feet over a lifetime in bed any day. This is my blaze of glory to finish what I started. But you're reading a mammon's prayer. Mr. Allen! This isn't any mammon's prayer. Then? This is the mammon's prayer. The one Bob tried to kidnap oh, me to let do. Let me go. Get back. What? <laughs> What's he doing here? trying to kill us. No, stop it. The mask is fine. It's right here on the altar. I don't think it cares. No, Scotty. You're going to take it off more. Do you have any power left, Mr. Lewis? You want me to use your brother up? I'm not touching it again. Maybe we can run for the stairs. It's plugged up the ceiling. Get behind me. I've got the mask. Bump, look at me. You'll have to go through the mask to get us. Or I can go around.
from you! Don't give it any ideas. That's right, I'm keeping it pointed at you. Ah! A little help? Plan? It's cut me off from you! Just jump over it! I can hardly walk! Just try! I'll get him! No, stay with me. The tentacle's not that high! No! Hey, Adams! Over here! Glenn, we've got its attention. Put the mask back. I have to finish the prayer. We'll come to you. You can't get around him. He's too big. Put the mask down. All right. Blessed Inanna, hear our prayer. Let me help him. Don't get near it. I How? What are you going to do? Hold on, Adams. This can't be how it ends. You're the closest to Inanna of anyone around here. Tell her, if she truly wants the prayer to continue as it is, to strike me down right now. (coughs) After what I've done for Scotty, I'm as good as gone anyway. And so, they strike me down. And then I understand that there has to be a sacrifice. It has to be me. I'm not one of them. (coughs) They'd lost enough of their own, so they chose an outsider. Maybe they didn't know, but they picked an outsider just the same. Oh, it ends, my friends, and the world grows a little darker. I've finally been caught out. After dark. Oh, God! Blessed be, Inanna. Thank you for your gifts. Hurry up. For all we've sacrificed. Please grant our prayer. And we're done. I've got the mask. Stay away from us. Give it to me. What about Mr. Allen? He's gone, hon. It's spreading over the ceiling. It's going to drop on us. Tell me straight. What shape's the lighthouse in? Not good. Burned to a crisp. All right. There's no lighthouse. There's no home for all the spirits that were in it. You bet they're still watching. The speed bump can see and feel every one of them. You two hang on to me. I'm opening the door between worlds within the mask. We're going to make us a spirit vortex. We'll see how the bump likes getting hit by several thousand angry spirits at once. His skin is rippling. It's off the ceiling. Help me out. I am! Let me get a grip on the mask with you. Spirits are fighting us. I don't blame them. Scotty! Yay! Perfect. We can't fight all of them. It's backing away. 
but it's, it's shrinking. Look at the front of the mask. It's being sucked into the mask. You've got to be kidding me. You saw it. The whole speed bump went into the mask. Well, I wasn't expecting that. Mr. Allen! Hey. He's not breathing. There's no pulse. I'm sorry, hon. I only wanted to help him, truly. This wasn't supposed to happen. I know. Come here. We'll take care of him. I promise. Uh-uh. Shh. This is your fault, Mr. Lewis. No, hush. We'll figure this out later. Wait. What's supposed to happen? He said this was the Mammon's prayer. You see? Gods, what now? David Aloysius Lerner Lewis! Crap! There isn't enough soil on the planet to bury me. You buried her? She's not going to listen to me apologize. Run! What about Mr. Al? We'll come back for him. Hurry! I'll see how you like 2,000 years under the waves. Don't think I'll ever get tired from doing that. Holy Jasmine, you really burned it down. When did I? You have to believe me. You can't run fast enough to escape me. Are you Gwen? Hold it. Let's talk about this. I saw Leonard dead down there. I didn't do it. It's true. It was the speed bomb. I know David had something to do with it. Please, I I gave up my power. I'll help you atone. Damn it. Stay still. I can't hit you. Why can't I hit you? Scotty, no! He's dodging every snap of that water whip! You're trying to kill me! Damn straight! You are killing me! I see you throw the whip, I see where you're going to kill me! So let me finish the job! He has the foresight! Gwen! Hold off! It's gonna be okay! Why? You know, I was considering strangling my doctor so I could have one of these. I think this way works better. Smokey! Come here, baby. I saw saw you dead. So did I. It worked. Baby. I died, and I don't remember a thing. Must have been boring as hell over there. What worked? What's going on? I told you to stay in the woods. Yeah, but I saw you come out. Did someone die? Yes. Besides you? Ah, you must be the beau I've heard all about. Leonard Allen, ex-dead host of shows you've never heard of. Please. Uh, let me see. You, you have a pulse. You're breathing. Let me check again. He's very much alive. And free of the infirmities of age. We thought we'd botched it when the speed bump attacked us. Hey, uh, you, you dropped something. I did? From your shirt. It fell out the back. It's a valentine. Open it. Very neat handwriting. Called home. Sorry. Loved the valentines better than limes. Didn't want to hurt you. Boss said to. What can I do? Adams. Oh. 
Adams. He must have slid it down my collar when he hit my head. Didn't want to hurt you? Well, he had to. So I'd come back. That's what it said in the prayer. The Sinbad story thing? What did you ask for? (laughs) You tell her. This was the prayer that Bob Stroud wanted me to do. Mostly, we tweaked it a bit. But your goddess loves passion. And I bet she's got a sense of humor that would make the earth shake. So, she doesn't like your prayer. Bam! We took the mammons, just like they took ours. How do you like this one? We humans are a bunch of cheeky bastards, aren't we? And how'd you like to tick off mammon, too? Give us everything that Bob wanted. Which was? I want to live. For me to live with With a healthy, long-lasting body that doesn't need so many pills. And a few hundred million and a bit of the foresight. Only for dangerous stuff. Seeing ahead to avoid faux pas at parties. Seeing ahead to avoid faux pas at parties. Or my lovely Gwen's attempts to kill you. Embarrassment or death, they're both very bad for one's reputation. Now, if you foresaw every time she tried to whip you and avoided it, imagine what a power like that would mean on the battlefield. You mean... Take you now to Fallujah to share the remarkable stories that have left the world speechless. Roy? Thanks, Don. Our troops remain in a standstill following what top officials have been calling the truly unbelievable skirmishes happening across southern Iraq. The following online videos show what can only be described as firefights in which not a single bullet is shot and no person is significantly harmed. As these clips show, a second before either combatant aims their weapons, their target makes it to cover as if they knew it was about to happen. In the early days of these reports, they would fire anyway, but they're starting to save their ammunition now. In addition, Iraqi citizens are wandering in areas known to have IEDs and are pointing out their locations. The troops I've interviewed are reporting immense frustration that none of the traditional tactics of combat are working. If these phenomena continue, all sides may have to declare a ceasefire. No one has any explanation about these events. Peace may not be inevitable, but the killing has been drastically cut. Scotty, you can shut that off now. I'm closing the RV up. I just want to see if my brother comes on. I'm sure your father's recording it. We have to go. Her flight doesn't leave for five hours. We'll hit traffic on the way. Don't make me look scary at you. Fine. Come on, Chris. Do you have everything packed in there? I don't know. Probably. Well, before you go... I have something for you. Actually, it's from Nicolette. It's a charcoal sketch of the sun at dusk over Fallujah. She did a lot of drawing and recovery, and she's giving it away. Cool. Neat. I'll tell her thanks. Do I get one? I'm sorry, only friends and family. Of course you get one. Neither the day nor I are getting any younger. Oh, you're off too. Don't give me that. I'll be back the day the state decides to pay for another lighthouse. I'll miss you, Miss McAllister. Oh, hon. You're only going to college. It'll be an eternity for your parents. But for you, nothing. You're really leaving? I'm stricken with wanderlust. This country must be full of ancient spirits like you. And I want to interview as many as I can. Primary historical sources. <laughs> Great. I'm a source now. Besides, what am I doing here? I have David to run the church. Into the ground, you once said. Oh, boo-hoo. 
I'm sure you and the millions you made selling your company will survive somehow. I may have a new lighthouse up sooner than you think. Bah. Goodbye, David. Goodbye, Jesse. Don't forget to write. Goodbye, Jesse. Oh, goodbye, Len. Have a blast on your magical mystery tour with Gwen. We're just going to Florida. And to you, Chris? Uh, yes? You're just crazy. Think on everything I told you. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye, Goodbye Jesse. Goodbye. Nice Can't wait. Well, we better be off ourselves. Take care. I will. You saved me from the worst mistake I ever made. I did, didn't I? What's it worth to you? An RV. <laughs> yeah, and a promise to help whenever you call. Well, I'll take the RV, but I'm dependent on no man or goddess anymore. I'm free. There will be no more ghostly warnings, no kidnappings, no cats stirring trouble. Just Gwen and I in the road, and who knows how long that'll last. <laughs> That's true. The road and I may very well hook up. <laughs> Such is the way of things. Anyhow, David, thank you for giving me all this. I was a wreck, and you made me a man. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. There, I said it for both of them. Uh-huh. Oh, Scotty, yeah. we haven't seen eye to eye a lot, but you helped this old guy Len out, and, and I'll always be worrying about you. You're magic. You are magic. Watch out for yourself, okay? There's people out there who'll treat you as some resource to be used. They won't listen to you. You make them listen, okay? Yeah. Good. Get going. You wouldn't want to miss your flight. Good to meet you, Chris. <clears throat> Again? Well, hell, I'm sorry about the first time. Uh, I'll uh, trust you to keep our little secrets safe. I will. I mean, yeah. Goodbye. David. When? I'll be back someday. I'll keep it like you left it. <laughs> oh, what's the fun in that? Goodbye, Scotty. Goodbye, Goodbye Alan. Mr. Goodbye, Goodbye, Chris. Goodbye. Goodbye, Goodbye. Goodbye Mr. Lewis. Well, settle in. Long drive ahead. What was that? I'm not turning around. I don't remember a pothole there. I don't care if your town got itself a new demonic pothole. I'm picking my own mysteries from now on. I don't want to be important to the cosmic weave of the universe anymore. <laughs> You're important to me, dear. <laughs> Except to you. David has his daughter safe, Jesse has her history, Scotty, you have your brother, and I have my Gwen. And I'm finally ready to move. I know. We have everything we ever wanted. I know. Kind of scary, isn't it?
The Mask of Inanna, Season 2, Episode 4, Apocalypse, was written and directed by Alicia E. Gorenson for the post-Meridian radio players. The modern-day cast featured Andrew Lebrun as Leonard Allen, Nellie Farrington as Scotty Harper, Catherine Bryant as Jesse McAllister, and Doug Miller as David Lewis, with Brad Smith as Chris, Leslie Drescher as Gwen Somerset, Stephen Bagg Jr. as The Beetle and the Inanite, Andy Hicks as The Reporter, John C.F. Hodges as The News Anchor, Jacob Summer as The Speed Bump, Mindy Klenoff as Hugen, Michael McAfee as Munin, and Heidi Clark as The Clerk and The Introducer. The 1950s cast included Andrew Lebrun as Leonard Allen, James Scheffler as Bob Stroud, Marley Norton as Isabel Huddleston, and Michael McAfee as Winken and Blinken. The Golden Rescue of Sinbad cast included John DeSheen as Mustafa, Tom Russell as Farhong, Rob Noyes as Farzan the Sage, Renee Johnson as Queen Mani, Jess Vieter as Sailor, Bernie Hutchins as Vahid, Michael McAfee as the Rock Ape, Neil Marsh as Sikalak, and Jenny Gutbazal as Jamila. The crowd scene cast included Amy Bennett Zengen, Naomi Hinchin, John C.F. Hodges, Bernie Hutchins, Michael McAfee, Marley Norton, Jacob Summer, Elizabeth Stone, Lisa Sturgeon, Julia Tenney, and Jess Vieter. Studio recording and post-production for The Mask of Inanna was performed by Alicia Egorenson and Neil Marsh, with production assistance from Paul Dworkin and Lisa Sturgeon. The script editor was Vicki Bloom. Original music was composed and rendered by Neil Marsh, and the After Dark theme was composed by Sir Arthur Sullivan. All interstitial and background music is available in the public domain. The producer and series developer is Alicia E. Gorenson. The creator of The Mask of Inanna and executive producer for the post-Meridian radio players is Neil Marsh. For more information, please visit our website at themaskofinanna.com. Please be sure to rate our show on iTunes so that more people will be able to enjoy The Mask of Inanna. Hi folks, this is Neil Marsh, executive producer for The Mask of Inanna and artistic director for the post-Meridian radio players. I wanted to take a minute to say a few words about the show now that you have heard the final episode. Though I am credited as the creator of The Mask of Inanna, the real credit for the incredible tale you've been enjoying goes to Alicia Gorenson. She took my germ of an idea, the story of a 1950s radio horror show host who gets a chance to broadcast the lost episodes of his show out of a New England lighthouse, and turned it into a 10-plus-hour miniseries full of vibrant characters, weird cults, and mythical creatures turned reality. Alicia's talents stretched from writing the entire series to directing each episode to handling virtually all the post-production. It has been my pleasure to work with someone as dedicated to a project as Alicia has been to this one. I'd also like to give a shout of appreciation out to the folks in front of and behind the microphones. From our regular cast, to our guest stars, to our hard-working tech crew, the Mask of Inanna has featured some of the best community theater talent in the Boston area, and I am proud of the work all of them have done on this series. I especially want to acknowledge how grateful I am for the presence of Andy Lebrun and Nellie Farrington on the show. When I first saw them perform on stage together, it was in The Rhymers of Eldritch, and I knew almost immediately I wanted them for Alan and Scotty. The relationship between their characters is the core around which the show revolves, and Andy and Nellie have brought it to life in a way that's kept people riveted to their iPods. And, of course, I want to thank all of you, our listeners, for becoming dedicated fans. 
Your thoughtful comments and glowing promotion of our show have been such a great encouragement to us during the past two years, and we appreciate it very much. We hope that you will continue to spread the word about the Mask of Inanna so that more people will have a chance to discover what we feel is a unique and powerful piece of storytelling. This is Neil Marsh, thanking you again on behalf of Alicia, myself, and the cast and crew of The Mask of Inanna for being our fervent fans. Please stay tuned for whatever we think of next. Hello, my loyal listeners. This is Andy Lebrun, your Leonard Allen. I have had tons of fun working on this show, doing at least eight different voices. I hope it was as good for you as it was for me. I don't know about you, but after this last tale, I'll never be caught out after dark. This has been a Hub of the Universe production. Please visit our website at pmrp.org for more information on upcoming shows. Hey, Billy, why do you look so down? Aw, Dad, I got a computer, a PlayStation, and a barn full of iguanas, and I'm still bored. (gasps) Gee, Billy, when I was your age, I would read lots of stories in pulp magazines. Oh, with stories of weird adventure and fantasy, horror, satire, and lots of action. Wow, that sounds great, Dad. Yeah, I sure wish there was something like that right now. <laughs> there is Daddy-O. Who are you? I'm Dr. Mary Von Roxbrocket, host of the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour. And now there's... Twisted Pulp Magazine! (laughs) What's that, Doctor? Why, it is a return to greatness! Available on all your digital devices! That is what it is! Look! Whoa! Dad, this looks awesome! Exciting and, dare I say it, very unwholesome! You definitely have that right, my good man! (laughs) Thanks, Dr. Mary! My pleasure, Billy! And just between you and me, I am not sure that this man is really your father. Bye! Dad? Uh, just read your Twisted Pulp magazine, Billy. Twisted Pulp magazine! Available in dark alleyways behind meth labs everywhere! Or at digitalvaudeville.com! That is D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E dot com!